to Rebuilding Black America. Um, today, we're going to have some important topics that we're going to be talking about. Uh, one of our biggest topics today is uh, churches becoming businesses. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of opinions today and conversations about that. We're also going to have someone on uh, from the church to discuss his point of view. Hmm. That's a that's a no. That's a serious topic. Mm. Churches that's... becoming business businesses, um, but lack. The place of worship. The place being the place of worship anymore. Yeah. And I think that's that's true. Um, it's become like a bank. Yeah. If you want to say so. Um, and people have to feel obligated to come in and put in money. Right. Or they don't feel comfortable being there or even even as much as asking the church for money mm-hmm. um, when they're in need. They feel like, okay, if I'm not a member or I, or I haven't contributed, um Will I be able to go right. to the church and, and you know ask for something? Yeah. And I think they should. That's so they have something that's set up in the church. It's called when I grew up. It's called benevolent fund. Mm-hmm. You have the regular offering. You have benevolent fund, and then you have tithes and offering. Mm-hmm. So benevolent funds were set up um, for the needy, so that everybody would give. And if someone came in and you know they missed out on their rent or they were about to be evicted mm-hmm. or needed groceries, that benevolent fund was set up right. for that. Reason. Kind of like a community pantry. Right. So the church should never have have thousands and thousands of dollars in benevolent fund because that means that they're not giving mm-hmm. that money out to the community or to the people um, <clears throat> how they should do. So, yeah, I, yeah, it is. I mean, growing up, um, I I was always raised to believe that, like, the church is the place where you go, you know, you're down on your time, you need help. You just need someone to talk to. Maybe mm-hmm. you need a little extra cash. Maybe you even need one of the churchgoers to bring you in groceries mm-hmm. that day. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I have realized over the years is that a lot of churches are becoming real stingy. Mm. Um, they're more of like, oh, yeah, donate. Well, mm-hmm. I say donate in like quotations because is it really donating or is it just paying your church to keep your membership? Because I feel like a lot of churches pressure the members into, and I say donating, even though, you know, maybe they can't. Or I feel like, like, I don't know if this has happened, but I'm sure at some point, one of like the pastors or something from a church realized that someone hasn't been donating. Mm -hmm. And they kind of like went up to them and be like, hey... What's going on? Like, I don't know for sure. I honestly I haven't been in church for years. Well, yeah, you know, donations that. is different. Like, donations, when you said donating means you give whatever you can give. I say donations. Right. Tie, the, the difference with tithes and offerings is that they do have a record of tithes and offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how much a person gives because most times people request tax papers to be they can file that on their taxes Mm -hmm. so they do have to keep a record of that to be able to see how much that person put in throughout the year and give them um, some records of it but should that dictate um, how how strong and how deep a person's membership is according to how much they pay you know what I'm saying? How much they pay in tithes? It's, uh, according to what I'm understanding, the, the word that it's supposed to be 10% of your income. Or, ten, yeah, 10% of your earnings that Jesus. you give to the church. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that because it gives right. to the upbeat, uh, up, 
stand of the church, keeping the church going on. If some there are people who are working like cleaning the church or mm-hmm. even for the pastor, because the Bible does tell you to take care of your pastor, right. you know, to uh, make sure that the pastor does have a roof over his head and things like that while he's serving the church. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that, but it shouldn't be where if I don't pay tithes, I should be in the back burner. Right. Like I feel like um, the amount of money you donate should not dictate, like Marie said, the how deep your membership is and i feel like i my biggest thing on that though is because churches are supposed to be places where you can go and pray Mm -hmm. you know you can sit in for a service for some words that can really help you Mm -hmm. through that week but at this point um going back to our main topic of how churches are turning into businesses or banks instead of places of of worship because they're so reliant on this money which i understand to pay the pastors, the cleaners, the musicians that come in, the singers even. But when it gets to a point where people are like kind of scared Mm -hmm. to go into church because they feel like they're going to be harassed or forced to donate or pay the tithes or something. And they are like, like I said, like pressured, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of just like, you know, like basically when, saying if you don't pay your tithes you're going to hell pretty much yeah mm-hmm. I, well i've known that just feeling like they're they're not like welcome members of the church right it's like if if you don't pay your tithes you don't belong here well you know, i'm gonna tell you that happened to me i i'm gonna give you an example that happened to me i was um i was pregnant with my uh my firstborn and um i was out of work but prior to that i was paying my tithes and offerings mm-hmm. And so at that particular time, I didn't have the money. I didn't have an income to pay tithes. And um, when it was time to vote a pastor into the church, I was not allowed to vote that to put my vote in um, for that pastor to become pastor of the church because they had a list of people who were in good standing in paying their tithes. And I was told that I could not vote for that pastor in the church because at that moment I wasn't paying my tithes. And I felt like, wow, that's sad because I'm a member of the church, a good standing member, you know, a member where mm-hmm. I'm in the church all the time. But I have um, I have, you know, I, I have a, I'm having a baby right, you're and I'm, I'm not you know, <laughs> working at the moment to be able to pay my tithes. And so I should not have been kind of banished. If, if you might say, and then I also had another situation with the church where um, I was homeless with two children. Um, and I, same thing, I was scared to go to the church and say I needed help. And it was one of the ministers and one of the deacons of the church that, um, you know, noticed my, my situation and said to me, you are a member of the church and you pay, I, we see you pay your offerings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why not go to the church and ask them for some help? And I was like, I don't want to do that because I don't want to be refused right. or anything. And I, so I, they went to the deacon board or trustees for on my behalf. And what happened was when they did ask me how much did I need? And I told them I never got all of that. Like hmm. if, really? if I've got hundred, $200 of what I asked for, um, I was lucky. And then when I went back to, you know, say, well, what happened to the remaining amount that I asked for? They said it wasn't giving it to me, but this is what I'm saying. You already agreed right. on, okay, this is the amount that we can give her. We can help her out. And when it came down to it, 
I See, didn't receive that. And that's my thing, too, because it's it. Uh, and I think like the uh, biggest problem is like now these churches. I mean, I know they've probably had it for a long time, but these these board of members and churches, it's starting to feel like, you know, like I, to me, when when I hear board board members and whatnot, and, you know, I think of financial or people who want to keep the money, you know, at the top. So we start having board men- members in churches making decisions, and so it's kind of like, like ultimately, I think the only person that should be making the decision is, you know, God, and then it falls next to the pastor to make the decisions for the church. Mm. So uh, it's it's weird to me that someone could be saying, "Hey, I'm on my last, and I need help from the church, and for the me- board members to decide." Mm. Well, even though God teaches us to help others and share our wealth and be kind to others. We're gonna decide that it's 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 a no on that one. Well, I don't see nothing wrong with having a board because I, this this makes it uh, instead of just the pastor mm-hmm. having favoritisms over certain people, you have a board of people right. that are in the church that do pay the you know tithes mm-hmm. offering that can say okay, we can make an equal decision on how the money should right. be dispersed and in the church. I definitely agree with that, but at the same time, it's kind of like well, who knows that board doesn't have favorites of their own. Who knows, you know, if they're picking and choosing who they're going to help just because, let's say, let's say like Shanna, oh, she she didn't mow all the way over her line and now I have to mow more on my lawn. Mm-hmm. That was really petty of her. I didn't like that. And then they kind of used that against her. Like I, yeah. honestly, I really hope that the board is not like that. I hope that they're like a neutral party and they want to help everyone in their church community. Um, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that's where my problem falls in because how do you, how do you dictate that? You know, like ultimately when it comes to the church, you're supposed to, it's really supposed to be the decision of something based on God. But you got a lot of people who, you know, despite them saying that they want to be Christians, they they just you know they simply don't hold that role like she said there's gonna be a lot of people who you know uh, and when it comes to being in church they're like oh yeah sure God teaches us to help you know those who need it but then you know we 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 actually get outside the church and you have the people who are like well this person did that to me or this person took me to a parking spot so I'm gonna decide against you know this person when it comes to to the ultimate decision it's kind of like they they no longer put God as the the choosing matter. Well, that's another thing too. You have you went to churches and you know the the deacon board and the trustees got special parking, and members of the church can't even park. It's like they have that special privilege, but then you have members of the church that put out money too that they can't even park their cars. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that, the fact that you do have these trustees and people who make these decisions. Then you put church as a business. It said it. They state they're not a business, but they are when you have to put people in place to mm-hmm. um, find out where how money right. is allocated in different places. Should who should get the funding as far as like help in the community and yeah. stuff like that. And, and you, know. you know, there's definitely a fine line between a place of worship and a business. You know, a church can definitely be both. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of balance. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you prioritize? Like, do you prioritize, you know, the word of God, the Bible, helping your community in any way you can? Or are you more worried about your status mm. and keeping, like, I understand keeping money in the church. 
But when it comes to a point where your people are asking for money, you know, asking for help, or even if they're too scared to ask because of just like the presence that you give off, mm -hmm. there's an issue. No, not even that. It just, it, it really does feel like, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like churches in a way are becoming the type of business that, um, that decides that who you are is, is how they take you. Mm -hmm. Like if you come in, like if you're a person you know, we're taught to come as you are, you know, and so ideally it would be a person who's on their last, who's homeless and, you know, dirt on their skin, teeth aren't brushed to, you know, come in and ask God for help. And it seems like there's a lot of churches who, you know, you got the, you know, the, the elders who come in and they're all dressed in these fancy hats and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, you know, be like the Joneses, outdress the next person. And then when that person comes in, that person they speak of in the Bible needing the most help. It's like they look at them, like they look down on them. And it's like, you know, since, you know, churches, you know, don't just feel like business anymore, but they feel like it's a it's a competition to mm -hmm. as to who can show off the best right. for God. Who can donate the most. But you know what? Growing up, um, I used to feel a lot uncomfortable and I never spoke about it because I used to feel that same way, you know, according to how you dress, according to the type of job you had, according to the type of money that you put out in the church was you, you, you were considered the elite, you know? So mm -hmm. you kind of had almost like more of a privilege than anybody else. And most of us were sitting, you know, we're in the back burner and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So, um, yeah, I, I used to feel very uncomfortable, um, and I never really spoke about it in the church, but most times I didn't feel comfortable at all, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I agree that, you know, people, uh, that does happen to a lot of people and they should be comfortable to come in. And, you know, even let's say, for instance, you come in, somebody come in and they wanted to come into worship and they didn't smell too good. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you taking that person to a bathroom right. and having supplies in the church, washcloths and stuff mm -hmm. and saying to them, you know, Hey, I, I know you want to come into worship. Let's just cleanse you, you know, clean exactly. you up right. and, you know, and bring that person in. They don't, it's all about self. Yep. It really is all about <laughs> self preservations and judgment. That's another mm -hmm. thing. The Bible says, judge not that ye not be judged, but the church still judges right. Right. And, you know, that kind of reminds me of one of the topics that I did want to go into about how people pick and choose which sins to hark oh, people on. Absolutely. And the Bible also says there's no, well, there is no sin greater than sin. Sin is sin. Right. It, there's no, oh, well, you know, you, you we rate your sin 10 and we rate your sin t 7. Sin is it's just sin. sin. Right. People are always... <clears throat> comparing mm -hmm. and like i i love when people are like oh you can't you can't like the same gender you like that's mm -hmm. a sin but they're the same people to have piercings mm -hmm. and tattoos mm -hmm. which in the bible is a sin because it, that, the bible talks about it desecrating we, your body we right. always grow up you know like especially in a lot of the black churches who they you know they want to talk against people who are of different sexual orientations but those same pastors are sleeping with the ushers you know, right. they, you want to talk about one sin. You want to talk about people not living right in their home. Yet you as a pastor, uh, you're sleeping with, you know, the neighbor's wife. Right. You so, know, again, I, we go back to judge not that ye not be judged. Exactly. I honestly feel like <clears throat> people are definitely losing the value of a church mm -hmm. where they go and they don't judge. They don't get judged. They just listen to the word of God and move on with their day, help their neighbor 
but instead they're over there spreading rumors inside the church. Growing up from a little girl in the church, I remember, especially in the South, I remember um, when someone came in a church that wasn't familiar in the church, they were, uh, you know, just coming in, that they were greeted by everyone. They were greeted by the ushers. If you saw them, you greeted them. The, the mm-hmm. sister, somebody else came and greeted them. Somebody gave them a hug. What happened to that? And they, and right. I used to say, they used to be mothers of the church. I, I, I used to be scared of the mothers of the church. I ain't going to lie to you. I used to be scared of them because... I, you would think that they're watching if you're chewing gum you you even putting a piece of peppermint in your mouth that that mother of the church is going to look at you and be like "Mm -mm, you don't do that but they used to correct you in your wrongdoing and you you say oh okay and they would give it to you biblically biblically and you were like wow and you respect them and you Mm -hmm. didn't do that next thing right i will never forget growing up in the church um in and i can say the church new canaan baptist church we used to have what was called a red circle, and these are for all our little girls to, you know, where um, the the um, pastor's wife and his sister-in-law would uh, have all of us, and they were teaching us how to be young ladies, mm-hmm. how, you know, you cross your legs, mm-hmm. how you make sure that your, your dress was over your knees, and how you carried yourself as a young lady. And I will never forget, I walked into the church, and I had on this t-shirt that says sexual healing. But me as a kid, I didn't know what that meant. I just, you know, you heard the song, Sexual mm-hmm. Healing. So I didn't know. And so she pulled me aside and she says, I don't know if you don't, you don't know, you might not know the meaning of what is being said in that shirt, but it's not appropriate for church, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not appropriate for a young lady who's mm-hmm. growing up to be a young lady, to be a queen, to even wear something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And from that time on, I was very careful about what right. I put on me because what you put on you represents you. who you are. Right. You know, so you don't want people to kind of judge and say, oh, that's how she is. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful to that first lady and to her sister um, for rearing up the, uh, us as young ladies in this red circle mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, we are, because of them, we are the, the women that we are today. Right. And I feel like, they definitely don't do that in any churches Mm-mm. anymore. Nope. And I feel like that's because they're afraid to check people on how they are and how they act. <clears throat> I honestly feel like if more people were corrected on how they act, especially in lines with the Bible and how you're supposed to treat yourself mm-hmm. and others, a lot more people would begin to be more neighborly. Mm-hmm. You know, they would love their neighbors, even if, even if they don't agree with them on like let's say like politics or whatever they are still neighborly right they see that person down on their luck you know in a rainy day and they go over to them hand them an umbrella and be like hey you know come inside mm-hmm. like i honestly miss people like that what happened to am i my sister's or my brother's keeper mm-hmm. you know that's what it boils down to or being like your brother's treat keeper. others the way you want to be treated amen mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. i think we the biggest problem in the church is um, and our, our current climate is that we have to judge now, teach later, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's very opposite of what the Bible is, you know. Um, it's, you know, the Bible used to teach that, you know, we, we teach our brothers and sisters and we hold back from judgment. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like our first thing to do is to judge people 
and then later on teach them about the things that we judge them about. Right. You know, the biggest thing, though, is church hurt. Church hurt. When you've been hurt by the very people who you mm-hmm. you go in and be confident in or you, you know, you tell your life story about or you, your testimony and then you hear it back from somebody mm-hmm. else or just even the way they, they treat you. That church hurt is the most powerful thing because when you hurt by the people in the church, it right. makes it's it like, hard to even trust to even right, go your in faith the church. Gets yeah, tested it really does. Well, yeah. See now, and I, I just recently, you know, read um, this article. It was saying how, um, you know, lately a lot of what's the Presbyterians, not Presbyterians, they like it's for Protestants. A lot of Protestants. They were saying a lot of Protestants, you know, have been leaving the churches, you know, especially black churches and inter, um, mixed racial interracial churches a lot lately. They say they they just been you know haven't felt like their opinions and their like they haven't felt like they've been heard lately about concerns in the church about um, COVID nineteen and you know especially even um, surrounding a lot of things you know that happened with like Black Lives Matter and the cops in their communities they feel like you know you know you got some people who they they see you know COVID as a big problem. Not to come to churches, and their churches are feeling like they like they're feeling pressured to have to come to church when they have these concerns. While while they're at these churches, the churches aren't addressing ways to you know get around these concerns or ease people's minds. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back now, and we're here with uh, Pastor Henry. He's gonna you know tell you guys some of his opinion and. Um, what he thinks about that. So, you know, welcome, Pastor Henry. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, one of the things that we were discussing about is um, th- the topic of business in the church, and it, it no longer feels like um, the church is helping people as far as biblically concerned or um, their faith. Like their faith have been shot down because of the church being uh, a business. It's no more like about faith and church and God. It's more about, you know, making sure you pay your tithes, making sure you pay your offering um, and different things like that. So most people are shying away from the churches because they feel very uncomfortable um, about it. So, you know, you can come with us as far as biblically about tithing and offerings and um, different things like that. Okay, well, first of all, let me say that the church has always been a business. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the church has always been a business, I'm going to take you back in the Bible. The Bible said Jesus chose 12 disciples, mm-hmm. and one of them was a treasurer. Actually, mm-hmm. Judas, the disciple that betrayed Jesus, was actually um, the treasurer. Mm-hmm. So the church always had a business component to it. Also, the church has to be a business because when you look at the church from the business aspect, Jesus said that you will have the poor with you always. Mm-hmm. So if you have the poor with you, the opposite of poor is the rich. Mm-hmm. So then what I think really what what our, what my focus would be tonight is to say to you, is that the church has always been a business. The problem is that within a lot of our churches, we have stopped focusing on the ministry mm-hmm. and have started focusing on the money. Right, mm-hmm. right. And what you focus on is where your interests will be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what we were saying a little bit earlier about how right. 
Um, churches do have business in them, but there's a fine line between worshiping and worshiping money. Well, worship is a business also, but worship is a business of worshiping God mm. because the Bible said if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all other things shall be added unto thee. The problem is most people think that that all other thing only is about money, but the truth is there are people with money that don't have no peace Amen. or no joy. Mm-hmm. So the issue is what what the, the, what is the priority of your all other things? Right. So I have no problem with people seeing worship as business, mm-hmm. but are you worshiping God because you're looking for a return in terms of the all other things, or are you worshiping God because of who He is, mm-hmm. a God that can bless you whether you have money or not? Amen. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And you're right. When you worship him in, in truth, you, you'll you gain those things, right. you know, regardless of what whatever it is that he sees fit for you to have. You know, there are a lot of times that we can ask him for things that we don't that we desire that we don't really need. Mm-hmm. He'll give it to us just to show us that we really don't need right. it, you know, but you know, if worshiping him in truth, you know we will gain whatever it is that he needs for us to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. Yeah. So. I know we talk about business and money, but let me also emphasize that business and money are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the thing is, again, for me, okay, so I, let me just, I should have started this in the beginning. So let me just give my disclaimer to you guys. <laughs> I'm a different type of pastor. As a pastor, my belief is this, when it comes to scripture, I don't believe it's my job to tell people what to think. Because if I tell you what to think, I'm no longer a pastor. I'm, right. not, a, I'm not a cult leader. Right. Mm-hmm. My job is not to tell you what to think. My job is to make sure that you are thinking. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe that the church should be asking you to give and you can't get. Oh, can you say that again? So I said, I don't believe a church should ask you to give. And you can't get. Mm. So, for example, mm. for example, in my church, I have had members that died without life insurance. I have never had a member of my church die and the family had to put a GoFundMe mm. for the funeral. Right. Because if you give, I believe when it's your time to get, your church ought to do everything in its right. power to sow back into you. Mm-hmm. Now, what you can't do, you can't not support the church mm-hmm. and then expect the church to support you. So one time this lady said to me, you know, y'all pick, you know, that benevolent offering that y'all pick up? I said, yeah. She said, ain't that offering supposed to be to help people? I said, yeah. She said, well, I need help. I said, OK, but there's one problem. You didn't say, do you know that benevolent offering that I give in? Mm -hmm. You said that benevolent offering that y'all pick up, which means you watch us pick it up, but you never put Put nothing in in it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put nothing in, you don't get nothing out. 
But then I was explaining to them that the issue that I know I had at one time being a member of a church where I was I was paying tithes and I was putting in. And then there was a time where I was without a job and I couldn't put anything in. But then I remember a time where I was in need and still a member putting in money. And when it was, you know, time for me to be blessed because I was like, say I was homeless it was a problem. You know, it seemed to be a problem. But then you got the people who I consider the elite, the big tie payers, you know, the, the ones with the big hats, the ones that have the favoritism when they went to the church, you know, for something they was able to get. Mm. But, you know, you look at the little people, it felt like, okay, well, I'm putting in just like they are. I don't know what they're putting in and it's not my business, but I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why is it that when I'm in need, I have to have a hard time to get anything or I don't get it at all. Well, there are three things that are wrong with your statement. First of all, any church that you're a part of and you feel like you're a part of the little people, leave. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible said God is no respecter of person. Mm -hmm. The second thing is the the your leader sets the tone. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So if you if you have a leader if nobody getting blessed in the church but the leader, you're in the wrong church. All right. So the problem is people will go hard for the pastor mm -hmm. and don't hardly go for the member. Mm -hmm. See, I'm the only pastor in the world that fixes his own water. I have my own teapot. I make my own tea. I do my own water. I carry my own bag because I'm not there to be served, I'm there to, to serve. serve. Mm -hmm. The problem is, too many people look, you look for a leader that's flashy. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens is, if your leader, if your leader lives above his means, hmm. he can't help nobody else because the church is too busy helping him to look like something that he's not. Right, right, right. I don't endorse churches where only the leadership is getting blessed. Mm -hmm. And that's how Since I was, I've that's been how pastor, I was I've been, This is my 14th year as a pastor. Mm -hmm. and, and just off the top of my head, I've seen new cars, houses, mm -hmm. jobs, promotions, trips, marriages, babies born. And I ain't talking about just every, everything that I've seen other families blessed with. I've seen my family blessed with mm -hmm. because I always push and cheer for the people because I believe that the people are a reflection of me and we all right. together are a reflection of, of God. God. Yeah. If the leader of the church does not see you as a reflection of God, your homelessness does not affect him or her because watch this. He or she got theirs and ain't worried about you. Right. You need mm -hmm. a leader with the heart of God that's going to say this. Everybody got to be blessed. Mm -hmm. I don't want, first of all, I don't have an inner circle. I believe every member should have open access. Now, everybody, everybody should not have to know the member's personal business. Right. But I believe every member should have open access mm -hmm. and i'll just be honest if i was in the church where i needed help and they don't help me i'll ask them for a refund mm -hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> right and that's i think that's why we chose you um because you're 
you're different. You're not the right. The, you're you not, speak from the Bible. Right. Yeah. You just different. You're not going with the majority. That's what it is. And so we know that you're going to speak the truth. So that I think that's why we made sure that we chose you on tonight. We didn't want nobody with a facade or somebody right. coming up here who's to pretend. Someone who's obsessed with vanity yeah. mm -hmm. and who's for his people. Well, the, the other part of that is when you say that, I mean, I, I just believe that, before, first of all, I believe that before you, you look at a person for his title, you have to look at a person for his treasure. Because mm -hmm. the Bible said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, a lot of times, we don't realize that some people have the position, but they don't have the heart for that position. Mm -hmm. Or is it See, that, the, that God didn't call some people, the people called that person? Well, mm -hmm. well, I, I would tell you why I can't say that, because I'm in a series now on Samson, the strong, weak man. And one of the things that I realized in studying Samson, mm -hmm. As flawed as he was, if you look at the book of Hebrews, where they listed all the heroes of the faith, God listed Samson as, the, as one of the heroes of the faith. Mm -hmm. So my thing is this. I believe when God calls you, God calls you, but after God calls you, you have to have the, maintain the same behavior to stay called. Mm -hmm. I like that. I agree, because... So, so I can't say God didn't call that pastor because he's pursuing a um, Rolls Royce. What I can say is maybe that pastor has a calling, but his treasure or his belief system or his priorities have changed. Mm -hmm. And do you think in one of those situations where, you know, the pastor has changed, you know, well, his heart changed and he's no longer really going for the word of God in the community, do you think at that point they should step down? No, I think that the people should pray and, and allow God to lead them. I, I believe mm -hmm. in redemption. See, I don't believe that I can preach a God of forgiveness mm -hmm. and not be able to forgive people. Right. I believe that even, a, even, I believe that anybody who loses their way can find their way back. Amen. My promise is every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Mm. Both are buried in the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So as a saint, I can't judge the sinner. And as a sinner, you can't judge a saint. Right. Let God fix that. Mm -hmm. The Bible said, let the wheat and the tear grow together. And when Jesus come, he'll separate them. Because the wheat and the tear look so similar that if you try to separate them, you might separate the, the tear. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't believe it's my job. Like there are a lot of pastors I don't affiliate with because mm. at the end of the day, uh, the Bible says you know them by the fruit that they bear. What I look like as a pastor wearing a five hundred dollar suit and my members going to the shelter. Right. 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 <laughs> so I look at your treasure. I seen pastors drive past their members in the bus stop and not even ask them, do they need a ride? Mm -hmm. On the flip side, I used to pick up and drop off somebody from the Bronx every Sunday. Wow. So I think we have to look at where people's treasure is. Right. So what they, what they prioritize. So I wouldn't say they should step down. I believe that God, God can change your heart. And if God can't change your heart, 
God will cause them to step down when it's time. Mm. I think a lot of times we forget pastors are people. And mm-hmm. just like we right. lose our way, pastors lose their way. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're... T- I think we expect too much of the pastors. Right. Yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, they're still human. Right. I think a lot of people kind of like, yeah, they're preaching the word of God. But I feel like, like you said, people forget that they're people as well, that they are going to make mistakes. You know, they're going to sin. They're going to have their days where they don't know where their priorities lie. But not even that. You got to realize that the pastors um, carry the weight of the church. Right. <laughs> he carrying the weight of the church. He got his family. He got a whole lot of things mm-hmm. that's going, you know, going on. So again, where's the church that's going to pray for him? Right. You know, Where, when he, he's the community wants him to support them, but the community also needs to support him. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note uh, as well, um, Pastor Henry, we want to get um, your opinion. We, we talked earlier about how a lot of people. Um, on the topic of people feeling like churches are business, not just with, you know, per se, the pastors and the members, but the in the congregation, you know, and growing up in churches, I've always seen, you know, the elder members who it seems like it's a competition to, you know, who could dress the best. And so in turn, it, who has the worst sin or yeah, or who, you know, who's wearing the, the nicest top hat or the best colors. And then so in turn, it feels like. Those people who, you know, like the Bible says, you know, they come as they are, you know, you might have some a homeless person who just, you know, lost everything and they're on their last stretch and they're coming into the church with, you know, they haven't had a shower for a few days and, you know, they're, you know, they, they don't know what to do. So they decided church is open today. I want to come in and they feel like the minute they walk through the door or they're automatically look, looked at like uh, by the congregation right, as like they don't fit in the church because they don't have the look. So what do you say to, you know, those members who feel like they, they no longer feel like they belong in a church because it feels like a fashion show? So, first of all, most people that do that have a, um, a low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, people that feel like they have to dress up uh, they have a low self-esteem. Mm. I don't believe that you have to dress up. Right. All right? Uh, I believe that the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. Right. For they shall see God. Mm-hmm. So you can't cover up whatever is bad in the heart. Mm. All right? Um, I think that the problem is a lot of times within our churches, churches mirror our society. Mm-hmm. And churches ought to be mirroring the word of God. The word of God says, whosoever will, let him come. Right. Mm-hmm. The word of God says uh, that, that God um, allows it to reign in the just as well as the unjust. The, mm-hmm. the word of God, but the problem is, Society, society, um, so society teaches us to wear our best on the outside. So mm-hmm. the problem is um, our churches have become a place where instead of the churches influence the world, mm-hmm. the world is influencing the church. Right. Yeah, because I know for me that my biggest problem, you know, growing up, especially in my teenage years and why I always avoided the churches because, 
you know, being, you know, a young kid from New York, I felt like I didn't have the best clothes. You know, the only thing mm -hmm. I had in my closet might have been shorts that week because we couldn't get to the laundromat. And it felt like sometimes it was easier to avoid church because I didn't have the, the clothes to attend than to, you know, to be judged by the people given the stairs because the last pair of jeans I had in the closet was the only thing that I could wear. And the issue with that is, so the issue is that with that really is that, and let me be clear about this, uh, as a pastor, I believe that if you were uncomfortable, that you should have been, un if you were uncomfortable in your presentation, you should have been comfortable enough with your leader, youth leader, somebody in that church. You should be comfortable enough to say, yo, man, I really wish I had a suit. Listen, I have given people the suit off my back. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a brother, God bless the dead, Deacon Freddie Russell. I remember I had this black pinstripe suit one Sunday. And he said, Pastor, that's about my size, man. You should let me have that. And I went home, and I guess he didn't realize what he was saying. And I just took it to the cleaners. And the next Sunday, I just gave him the suit. Mm. And he said, uh, you get, you serious? I said, you want the suit? He said, yeah. I said, we'll take the suit. And he was shocked. Now, what I'm saying is, if a person is comfortable enough to, to come, and to come on whatever level they are on, mm -hmm. I think they should also be comfortable enough to approach somebody, and that person ought to be willing to not be selfish and to say, well, let me see what I can do mm -hmm. so that you as a young person can continue coming and not be influenced by, um, by your outside appearance. Right. But when you're welcomed by people, this we were saying is also how I remember growing up in the church and, you know, in even churches in the South, when you come in, you're welcomed by the people in the church. So you that start to make you feel comfortable. But if you're not welcome, you walk in the church, you kind of not welcome. You, you got these eyes on you. How do you feel comfortable enough to even go up to someone? Because in most churches, it's nothing but a set of clicks. First of all, then you when after church you got one group that gather here, one group that gather there. So how do you when you're not even greeted at the door comfortably to make you feel comfortable? How do you how are you able to go to someone and say, "Hey, you know, I like that suit" without feeling like you're about to be judged? Right. So here's the problem. The thing is, you know, and I want to make this clear. I'm glad you said that. I think that you got to understand that well, the church, uh, I won't say understand, I'll put it this way. The church was never intending to be a museum for showing off. Mm -hmm. It was always intended to be a hospital for sick souls. Mm -hmm. Right. The issue is when you get to the door, the man at the door, that woman ushered at the door, she's sick because a man probably hit her last night. Mm. And so she's not speaking to you. Because she got her own issues going on. Mm -hmm. Right. That deacon is over there. He didn't greet you. Because the last time he greeted a woman when he went home, his wife said he was going with her. So mm -hmm. now he's scared to greet anybody. Mm -hmm. So you got to understand just about 
just about everybody in the church from the pulpit to the door, right? Mm -hmm. Got their own stuff. I think mm -hmm. what should make you comfortable in a church is not how the people treat you. What should make you comfortable in the church is do you feel the presence of God and is what being said and done is in keeping with your faith and your value system. Mm -hmm. Listen, I got people in my church that say, well, pastor, I'm not comfortable here. You know what I tell them? Tell me where you're going and I'll give you a letter to go. Because <laughs> my style of ministry, my style of ministry is not going to fit everybody. Right. And I would rather you go where you're going to get fed than to sit on my ministry and be malnourished. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, I think the issue really for me, the issue is, because I've been to a church, I've been to church, the issue was when I got there, I didn't feel welcome, but it wasn't because of the people. I didn't feel welcome because I didn't feel the presence of the power of God. Mm -hmm. And they had the best choir. The preacher can holler, ah! Like he's like he about to die. But if I don't feel like, like, for example, I went to a church and the preacher was preaching and the people were shouting and turning on. And all I kept sitting there saying to myself was this, Monty, how can anybody sit in this filthy church smelling like mildew, praising God? This place need a good cleaning. <laughs> now, I was taught cleanliness is next to godliness. Right. I can't get in the spirit, and when the people sit down, I can see the dust jump up out the cushion. Mm. I have a different level of expectation. Because I have people come to me at my church, oh, you know, so-and-so didn't speak to me. You know what I asked them? But did you hear from God today? Mm -hmm. Because everybody in the church is broken. The right. only difference between you and those people with those big hats People with big hats got big horns, and they need hats to cover the horns. Mm, that is deep. <laughs> that is deep. <laughs> These people with big hats got horns they need to cover. Wow. Mm. I well, like that. The close on out, you know, we don't want to keep you. We appreciate you coming. Um, I think one of the last things is um, uh, we want to address something. Um, I told them, I read an article earlier today where what was it again the um the protestants oh uh, yeah the, yeah the where a lot of um members of protestant churches have been leaving their churches over the last couple of months in droves because they felt um whether their concerns over what's been going on in their neighborhoods as far as, you know, the, you know, how they feel with police brutality and Black Lives Matter or as far as their concerns with the COVID. And um, we don't really have the time to address, you know, how they feel about the police brutality right now. But as far as COVID being one of the, uh, the biggest things, you know, out there right now, what do you, what do you say to the people who, you know, they want to, they, they want to come in the church. They feel like, their prayers aren't being heard or they aren't true Christians or made to feel like they aren't true Christians if they're not, you know, physically presenting themselves in churches despite, you know, this big ever-emerging um, virus that we have going around? Well, I, I want to answer, the, and I'm going to touch on the police brutality too because I think it's an important issue. Mm -hmm. But let me say this. I, I've been asked the question, is the church still relevant? My answer is yes, the church is still 
relevant. Mm -hmm. The church is still needed. Right. I think the issue. I think the issue that we're facing in our world right now is this: all of us are dealing with with what I call trauma. Mm. Now, here's where the trauma comes in. I'll deal with COVID first, since you said COVID. COVID has attacked everything that we have been taught mm. to practice in terms of faith and church. Watch what I'm about to say. Uh, the, the Bible said wherever two or three are gathered in his name, touching and agreeing. They say if you don't want to catch COVID, guess what you cannot do? You, you cannot touch. touch. But you can still agree. Right. The problem with the church is we spend so much time worried about touching that we don't spend enough time trying to agree. Because mm -hmm. all agree means is that we can be in different locations, we can have different opinions, but we can agree that Jesus is Lord. So no matter where we are, by agreeing, God can still move. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're worried about touching. Like people say to me, I can't wait for the church to reopen. Well, the truth is, my church was never church was never closed because church is wherever I am. Right. Mm. So the other thing is, uh, uh, the Bible says, "Forget not the assembling of yourselves together." Mm. COVID stay stay six feet six feet apart. So guess what? So now people are isolated, which is leading to issues of mental health and physical health. Mm -hmm. I got senior citizens right now that do not have COVID, but because they're not able to get out like they used to. Now they're actually bedridden. So COVID is attacking everything that we were taught in terms of practicing our faith. I think that people, watch this, people are leaving churches in droves because the church is the only place where you can step into it and feel like you stepped in a time machine and went backward. Mm. And so now people are realizing that that slow all day worship with a preacher preaching for an hour, talking loud and saying nothing because he ain't got no family and no wife, and no children to go home to. And the truth is when he get home, he lonely. Oh, he got to take a crowd of people to the diner afterwards. Mm. Churches now become, hey, get in, get your word and go home. Ain't no more who fry the best chicken. Right. Ain't no more who bake the best cake. <laughs> and you know what we're realizing now? We're realizing that within our churches, there are a lot of people that are happier at church than at home. home. Yeah, and the right. truth is, the truth is, God established the home before he ever established the church. church. Yeah. Mm. So we have to go back to the basics of the home first and then the church. Can you imagine this? I know a lady here of the pastor's day. She made 50 pounds of potato salad, have her husband to drop her to the church with the potato salad, and then he got to eat Chinese food called red. You've you been not going to red potato salad. Mm -mm. I told her, man, you ought to take that potato salad and throw it in the street. <laughs> You're going to cook this potato salad on the gas on the stove that I bought, the gas mm. I paid for, the potatoes I bought, and you going to take it to the pasta and I'm eating chicken wings and pork fried rice? Mm. So watch this. Some people are, living, are leaving the church because they're realizing that I've done so much for the church 
but the church ain't doing nothing for me. Right. Because I'm reading about all these wonderful stories in the Bible while I'm looking at the awful conduct of the people. Mm. So people are leaving the church in droves because the church is stuck in a time warp. So everybody's like, oh, man, like our church, you know, we got the screens, we got the Internet. Oh, man. But the truth is, when we were doing that five years ago, I had pastors telling my members, oh, y'all pastor turning the church into a club. He putting up all these TVs. First of all, they're called monitors. <laughs> Second of all, uh, um, I just knew in my spirit that how we do church had to change. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, the church is no longer relevant to young people. Mm-hmm. So the, and here's the problem. We have a lot of pastors. Now, this is going to shock y'all. We have a lot of pastors, but we don't have a lot of visionaries. Mm, wow. Here's the difference between a pastor and a visionary. A mm. pastor leads and watches to see what other pastors are doing. Mm-hmm. A visionary puts things in place Please, so yes. when things happen, mm-hmm. he's not scrambling. Right. So when, when, when COVID-19 hit and other churches were trying to put in their cameras and the mm. internet, guess what? I already had that. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not just a pastor. But things so like, like that should have been not, done a long time ago because remember, right. they're but members the that can't is, get to churches. So at least they're able to fill the church through the but internet. You right? but, you, but you can't do that when the pastor is trading in his car every year. Right. Mm-hmm. Y- y- y'all see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Right. So watch this. So like now what we're doing is I, I, I told my people no more visitations. Don't go visit the sick because mm. you don't need to take COVID to the sick. Right. right. So guess what? So we started last Sunday what we call sick and shutting shout out mm. where members of the church are actually making short videos to a different person on the sick list every week. And then we record the videos, we compile them. And then we email it to somebody who's at the house that has access. Or if the person doesn't have access, we have an iPad. I will even send the iPad to the person so that at least we can keep that camaraderie and let that sick person know, hey, we love you. We're thinking about you. So so they're not only getting a phone call, they actually get to visually see the members of the church. So again, but and I'm not bragging. I'm just showing y'all that the problem is most people are looking for a pastor. But what we need in these last days are visionaries. visionaries yep. We don't need pastors. Mm-hmm. We need visionaries. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why the church can't address police brutality is because, watch this, the church is still preaching a white Jesus. Mm. That's deep. <laughs> That's deep. You see, from slavery days, we've been told Jesus will fix it after a while. Mm -hmm. I don't preach that. I preach that God can fix what we don't face. So we figure if we just see the problem is this, Monty, police brutality is not any worse now than it was in the 60s and the 70s. That's right. Let me prove my point. Mm-hmm. The only difference is it's now being videotaped. Yeah. Right. So like the other day when they kill it, nine seconds into a house, they kill a young black man and they tell us 
the gun was pointing at them. But they forgot that now they wear body cams. Mm -hmm. And everybody could actually see what happened. Mm -hmm. And then watch this. So when, when you when what the police say does not add up to what you see on camera, the trust that we have in the police starts to erode. Right. And the less trust we have watch this, and the less the less trust we have in the police, the less trust we have in the church, because the church will not address the police. And so you're saying silence gives consent. Mm -hmm. But the church is telling you, well, we're just going to pray about it. Yeah, but while y'all are praying, while the church is praying, you listen, you're praying for me. And every time one of my sons die, you charge me to have the funeral. Mm -hmm. wow. So the issue is people are leaving the church. No, Monty, I'm going to shock you when I say this. And I'm a pastor. I don't believe people are leaving the church, bro. I the believe church the church is leaving the people. people. Wow. Damn. <laughs> wow. Because if I'm in a structure that no longer gives me the physical, emotional, or the spiritual attention I need, watch this. I'm going even further. It's not that the church is leaving the people. Watch this. The church has abandoned its mission. Mm. Wow. Our mission was souls. Now their mission is gold. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Get that tattoo. You, you, Remember, y'all <laughs> called me, okay? You hit, you were hitting <laughs> the hammer that on gave, the nail. We love that. Little chills there. Yeah. Now, yeah, we we appreciate you so much for coming oh, on. Where where now. can we find your live streams at? You could go to Little Rock Baptist Church of East New York. You got to make sure you put East New York because there's another Little Rock in Brooklyn. So it's our website is therockeny.com, and then on our YouTube page it's Little Rock Baptist Church ENY, and on Facebook. Is Little Rock Baptist Church, East New York. Um, our logo is, is like deep red with gold. The other church is blue. If you see blue, you're at the wrong Little Rock. Well, what I'll do uh, is let me just, I'll make sure uh, that when, I, when we're finished here, I'll get the links from you so that way I can make sure I post them uh, online as, uh, alongside our, our video podcast and our audio. Um, that way they can see I appreciate them. it. And then I want to make this my closing statement, and then y'all will see why I'm very concerned about the church. I believe that 90% of the problems within our community and our world would disappear if the church would stay in one place and stay out of two places. Mm. The one place the church needs to stay is in the Word of God. The two places the church needs to stay out of people's bedrooms and their pocketbooks what mm. you say right <laughs> you done said a word full mm. Mm. no one could have said a better closing argument right yes <laughs> oh wow gotcha. man we thank you so much you just don't know you've enlightened a lot you you opened right. up our eyes to a lot of things a lot of things that we already we we knew but we just needed you to right. as a pastor and and the leader of the community to address um to people and we hope that 
what you say will brighten people's eyes and say, wow, that we have there's something that we've been lacking and we need to step up and be what the church is supposed to be, what God called the church to be. Because mm-hmm. um, we need to get back to that. We, yeah, you're right. Definitely. We, we failed that and we need to get back to that. And I think you're right yeah. uh, in so many ways. There's definitely a lot of people, especially in my generation, that just they haven't felt like they needed to or wanted to, you know, wanted to go to church for a long time. And I think after hearing this, a lot of people are going to want to go to church. If, right. <laughs> if they can't go find any other church, uh, I'm sure they'll fly all the way just to come to yours. Or even go on the website. Well, you don't, you don't have to do that. All you need is Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing, too. I'm getting ready to launch what I'm actually going to call virtual membership. Because, again, I believe that we can connect from different places mm. and different spaces and worship God. So now that's the next phase of ministry mm-hmm. that I'm going to actually launch. I'm going to launch a online, uh, what I'm going to call virtual covenant partnership. Mm. Because my thing is this, um, if you need to be fed, I'm going to feed you. Right. Um, and I'm not going to feed you what you want. I'm going to feed you what you need. The problem mm. is most pastors are out of touch. And so you'll come hungry. You'll come hungry and you'll leave hungrier and broke because mm. they done took your money mm. and they gave you no hope. Mm. You, can live, you can live days, weeks without food, days without water, but you can't live a moment without hope. Mm. That is true. That is so true. I agree 100%. Wow. Well, we thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, We will be calling you because there are a lot of topics that we will be hitting on. And like Monty said, um, we're going to make people uncomfortable. And that's okay because people have been too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so there will be topics that people are going to like and there are going to be topics that people don't like. And that's okay. You know, They're not going to want to hear it. A lot of things they're going to need to hear. I think you addressed a lot of that today. So we appreciate you again for, you know, joining us tonight. Well, thank you all for indulging (laughs) me. And uh, let me know what I can do. And I'll I'll do what I can. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. No problem. Good night. Bye now. Guys, you've heard that. I mean, he's touched in a lot um, that we were talking about as far as people um, with the church and, and business as far as the church is concerned and money and and also how with the police brutality and how the church just, you know, as he said, the, ch- the people didn't leave the church. The church left the people. Right. And that's something that's really deep. And I agree 100% mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. touching on that. And so in our podcast, you guys, um, Monty is going to connect um into the podcast his church um it's amazing i um watched him on sunday i'm laying in bed and i watched him on sunday mornings and i watched the uh the worship and praise and then he comes on and sing and then he comes on and preach and he preaches the unadulterated gospel right he gives it the way it is he doesn't sugarcoat it he doesn't he don't you know um say it because that's what you like to hear right he he steps on your toes you know when he preaches just like we said earlier you know he says things that you might not want to hear but you, but you need, need to, to hear, hear. Mm-hmm. yeah so guys we thank you so much for this podcast um and we're coming in again we're going to come in strong with um you know many topics and again it's not gonna you know it's not gonna make you happy 
we don't we don't want to make you happy we want you to get some insight on what needs to be done mm -hmm. what needs to be touched on and you know so you have yeah, to i think it. our biggest thing is you know we like they say we want you to think about these topics um uh, i fully believe that if we aren't you know having you sit there and sit there for almost 30 minutes to an hour contemplating everything you just heard and wondering if the the lifestyle choices you've been making the thoughts you've been having you know aren't challenged and we just aren't doing our job so we hope that we right. continue to do that for you guys and you know you can come back and each podcast is something new that might challenge your mind more than you thought that mm -hmm. it would ever be i've said to multiple people before we're not just any other uh you know podcast for our community we're not just any other black podcast you know, we 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 have a lot coming, and we hope that you guys enjoy everything out there for you. So. And if you're out there and you feel as though with COVID happening and so many things that are happening, if you feel like God has left you, God hasn't left you. He just, I think he's just putting us through these things to see just how strong we right. are mm -hmm. and how strong we come out. Because in the end, you're going to come out victorious. Right. In the end. He just needs, it's a test that he's putting us exactly. through, you know, and to see that if, if we're going to call on him, because a lot of times we go through things, we look for other people to give mm -hmm. us validation. And instead, we need to just pray and go to God and he will give us the answer to everything mm -hmm. that we need and he he puts i always believe that he puts such a shield around us to protect us but right. he allows us to go through those things so exactly. that we also a testimony to somebody else right who's going through them same thing so if anybody is going through something and you feel that god has left you he's never left you you just mm -hmm. going through something temporarily exactly. to come out permanently victorious and god will never put you through something that he knows you cannot handle mm. he'll put you through like hell but at the end of the day, you coming out of that just proves to yourself that you're a lot stronger than you think. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You always come out. He'll make sure that any challenge he gives you, you always come out victorious. Mm -hmm. So you guys just remember that. And I hope this really made you think. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.